<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mindset of Me podcast. I'm Janine, and it is my absolute privilege today to be speaking with Lisa Zimmerman. I will be asking Lisa to introduce herself because she knows what she does better than I do. And uh, just to give you a heads up, we're going to be discussing her book, Pandemic Phoenix, because it is mind changing, life enhancing and incredible. Lisa, please share who you are and what you do. Well, thank you so much for that kind introduction. And thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here today with you. We met digitally in Cape Town in South Africa. <laughs> Haven't even met in person, right? And yet I still feel like so connected to you. Um, I'm originally from Germany, actually, but uh, by now actually residing in Cape Town, South Africa, which is also part of my identity and part of who I am. I have a background in business psychology. I'm a study business psychologist, but always knew that I wanted to pursue the route of working with people. That has always been my passion my entire life. So it has kind of like been my end goal um, all, like all the way and always been my journey. And so that led me to actually this, these points in my life where I pursued further career achievements and did further certifications. By now, I'm a certified hypnotherapist as well. I did that certification in London. So it's all about traveling all around the world and getting more certifications in my specific area and just furthering my career from there on. I always knew I also wanted to build my own business. So by now I have accomplished that as well. I was working in corporate for four years after finishing my master's degree and after having done so many beautiful, adventurous travels out in the world. Um, which is all a part of why we're here today and the book we're going to talk about, which is why I'm mentioning it already. And yeah, that led me to the point that I actually quit my job at some point in the point in my life where everything was basically coming together. And I think that's also a very important aspect because I had been feeling that drive of wanting to pursue something bigger for a long time. And in between, it got really frustrating to actually know you want to go somewhere but you're not quite sure yet what that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of perseverance to actually just hold yourself in that moment and to just wait out that moment till it gets you to the point where you can actually feel, okay, things are starting to make sense. And that's also what happened to me. And that got me like fast forward three years, got me to a point where I was feeling all of my areas in my life flowing together, really coming together and then having me at the point where I was saying to myself, okay, I'm going to make the jump from here. So I quit my job in corporate before I was like working a lot in brand psychology. But as I already said, I really wanted to work all around with humans and helping people really overcome their challenges in life, overcome their blocks in life. And so I packed everything that I had learned up until that point, put it all together and let it all flow into my business, which is now a global mental health business. I'm specialized in online work. Um, on the one hand, that means I'm working one-on-one -on -one with clients, all online specialized. So there's no limitations. Basically, you really just need your device. And for me, my main priority is also to really make these therapeutic work accessible to everyone so a very high priority for me is a very quick turnaround time so if you contact me that I'm really making sure you're getting the help like with 
in a matter of days, in a matter of a week. You don't have to wait to have a session half a year. You get the support when you need it. Then another very important priority for me is also to work around your schedule. So I've worked with so many single moms, for example, and they don't have many time windows where they can actually do a session. So we've been doing sessions on weekends when like there's one day where the dad would actually have the kid, we would do a session together. And that is also a desire and a demand that I've been catching and talking to people that so often it's just so hard to work around your schedule and that that actually then is a block and stops, stops you from actually taking action because there's, you, you can't really like integrate it in your schedule. And once your mind gets that small trigger where something gets too complicated, guess what? You're just going to stop the action and you're not going to pursue it. So that's a very strong field of mind to really work all around the client there what my clients need um, at the same time though i also provide um, virtual mental health solutions is what i always call it so i'm putting together online courses i have a digital mental health hub which works on a monthly members basis and it's basically basically like your mental health hub you get mental health knowledge in there you also get instant support though as a member you also get uh, members discounts you would also get sessions with me cheaper and all of that so basically serves as your go around point to catch you and really help you with your own inner balance and mental health and really work with you and give you what you need also grow with you and basically respond to your demands so I think that's a good catch-up and roundup of what I do and I think we're going to dive further into that during the session. <laughs> during the episode. Definitely. Before we go any further, the link will be to uh, the hub in uh, the show notes. So check it out, people. Don't be shy. Lisa, mental health is something that when I was growing up was very, very much ignored. And if people had issues, they were told they're dumb, they're stupid. Just mm -hmm. suck it up and keep moving on. Now, this is an important segue into your book because Phoenix, pandemic Phoenix, people, if you know what the Phoenix is, it's somebody who rises from the ashes. It's a mythical creature that repurposes itself and reinvents itself through basically exploding into flames and from the ashes rising into somebody new. And that is very much what I see mental health has done is it is rising like a phoenix. What are your thoughts on that as we step into exploring your book, Pandemic Phoenix? Yeah, thank you for, um, for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I always keep saying is that mental health in general and actually working with your mind and looking deeper is not about you feeling like something's wrong with you. And I think that's a really important point that society is starting to understand, but we still had a lot of, I have a lot of work to do there. So I always keep sharing that, that it's not about something's wrong with you. It's about that you as a human being, you are existing in your life and you're taking in all the different stimuli from your external factors, your external environment in a very personal way. So you're taking that in with your personal filters. Those filters will have been, developed throughout your life and are based on your personal life experiences so every single person like 10 people could be experiencing the same event and they would go out of the event with different interpretations and that's what it's all about and it's even more so the client like my clients i'm working with it's not the obvious cases it's 
it's it's horrible to see all these stories and see something obvious where something obvious happened to a small child or whatever happened to you in your life but it's even more so the hidden cases it's even more so the smallest situations where something not major has happened but you have made like a very major personal interpretation from that event and you carried that interpretation with you and that interpretation then has resulted into behavior that you're not able to let go of so that would all be all these feelings inside of us where we're feeling like something's wrong and we keep just doing something in repetition but we don't quite understand why mm -hmm. and we're trying to get rid of it but we can't escape it so that's always the feeling that I'm describing. And it's so important to understand for society in general that it's all about that. It's all about we all have something that we can work on. And it's not about we can completely disconnect from that understanding of something has to be wrong with us to, for us to actually dive into that field and to actually dive into that. Because there's so much to explore and it's such an exciting journey once you actually dive into that. And of course, that's a big part of, the book as well, um, where I, my, the book is completely on my personal story. So it's um, sharing it from a personal perspective, yet at the same time, opening up a lot of creating awareness around the topic. So by my personal story, sharing it from a very authentic and connecting perspective and creating a lot of trust and empathy, hopefully, mm -hmm. but also at the same time, putting it out in categories. So talking about symptoms and categories, what can negative times in your life do with you? What are these symptoms? What do they look like? What do they feel like? What kind of categories are they even? Physical mm -hmm. symptoms, negative mind spirals, all of that. And then talking about mind strategies as well, how you can move away from that as well. And that altogether is a way of life. And that altogether already talking about the book, is something that has helped me to actually move away from a very negative time in my life, which is in this case, the pandemic, but it can be applied to everything in your life, to every scenario that you find yourself in. Absolutely. I love the way you put that. Something that you sparked there for me is I have a program, The Success Spiral, where I ask people to spiral within rather than spiraling down. And you mm -hmm. mentioned that downward spiral several times where you chose then to go within rather than down. And something that really impacted me from your book, um, I'm not sure of the page, but the pandemic has forced us to become creative around finding ways to connect with each other in times of disconnection. Mm -hmm. What if that virtual channel of connecting sparks so much anxiety inside of you that it renders you incapable to act? How do you build connection when a state of unbearable fear keeps you from responding to those that try to reach out to you? In this spiral of yearning for connection and yet at the same time rejecting it, you are constantly seeking an answer that you cannot seem to find. It's a lonely state of endless inner conversations with yourself, trying to find a solution for a problem that's pulling you in 10 directions at the same time. For me, that was very, very powerful. And it sums up a lot of what you've been saying, that push-pull and that feeling of overwhelm. When you were describing in the book that overwhelm of going from expansion to being stuck in one small room by yourself, 
it just sparked so much within me because I've seen how it has triggered so many people who were alone at that time and had to face themselves. Who did you discover when you faced Lisa at this time? Well, first of all, thank you for, for quoting that section. It's, it's very beautiful to hear someone quote something that I have written. Um, it's the very first time something's actually quoting something back to me. So thank you for that. Um, I, that time was very memorable for me in terms of actually uncovering new layers inside of me. So who I definitely discovered was a very vulnerable version of myself that I hadn't discovered before. So I was kind of like forced into uncovering that layer inside of me. And it's also now at this point where I have overcome that negative journey and where I have healed from it, obviously still from here on doing my work on it. Um, it has really like brought me this value to my life where I'm really looking back and where I'm grateful because I know it would have taken me so much longer. And it's also something I talk about in the book, like the concept of time, how if you're forced to evolve during a certain period of time, how much faster you can actually evolve if you're forced to. And yet again, comparing that to other times in your life, this might've taken you five years in comparison. So that is definitely something I'm very grateful for. The pandemic for me just came like a hit out of nowhere. I also write about how I always identified these past years myself as a global citizen. And just with one snap, that was gone or that's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. And with all of that came all these different effects then that were just like keeping you in that same room and by physically being in the same room, also in your mind being in the same room. And then just that spiral starting to turn you around, but you only slowly, slowly realizing it. Mm. And with that obviously come so many realizations though. And that's one core aspect that I also touch upon where I'm saying, it's not about that you never find yourself in your life. You'll never find yourself in these hard times. Mm -hmm. And especially me, like working in the mental health field, having a company in this field, that is something that was also for me personally challenging because it's, it's, it's very draining and it's a very frustrating feeling if you're finding yourself in such a time in your life yes. where your environment just keeps you trapped in such a negative spiral, but that it's actually all about to know when that happens mm -hmm. and to then apply all these mind strategies that you've taught yourself to then be able to move away from it again. And also at the same time, though, taking all these discoveries with you. And that's circling back to who did I discover? If I didn't have these strategies inside of me, I would have not been able to see those different versions of me. I would have maybe eventually at some point moved away from that negative spiral, but not sure if I would have taken that much wisdom out of it. You also bring up, I love the question you asked there, how healthy are you really? Mm -hmm. Asking myself this question became the ground for one of the boldest, biggest steps that was about to change my life and save me from a detrimental pandemic state. Because here is the sad truth. The pandemic has impacted the lives of every single one of us and the big question, though, is how much have you actually noticed these critical changes inside of you? With awareness comes understanding, and with understanding, clarity. What clarity came forward for you? 
Well, for me, a big clarity is what I just shared, that, um, that it's not about that your life will never present you with pain, but it's about acknowledging when it happens. It's about being able to deal with it. And it's about then being able to move away from it again. So that has definitely been one of the essential clarity points for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also taking in the complexity of these psychological effects. So it's so easy for our mind. And that all goes back to our evolutionary coding. Our mind doesn't like change. Our mind doesn't like things that are unfamiliar. And so whenever we're confronted with situations in our life where we have to make a move, we have to take that action. We actively consciously have to make a choice. That's not going to be easy. It's not just going to come like that. And you are constantly, if you're not aware of it, and that's the question you were quoting um, before, where it's like, are you consciously aware of what has happened? Because the Mm -hmm. question is not, has it happened? The question is, are you consciously aware? And that's a very big aspect because they're really actually going out and seeing what has happened and unfolding that complexity and to be able to understand that, to be able to catch your mind in the moment and actually tell your mind, wait, stop. I'm I'm understanding what you're trying to do here right now. I'm not going to allow you to do it. And I was forced, I was faced with so many situations where I had to make an active call. And our mind is a master at playing things down. Mm-hmm. There was actually also a challenge for me towards the end of the writing process, because towards the end of the process, I was already feeling better. I was already healing. So I was actually towards the end, really speeding, speeding up to finish up the book, because I could feel how my mind was starting to play it down again. Yes. And actually tell myself, well, it wasn't that bad, was it? But it was that bad. Mm-hmm. And that's a very tricky point. If you're not actively grabbing your mind and telling yourself, wait, no, 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 this has happened to me. And don't you dare play it down. Don't you dare make it okay. Don't you dare tell me it wasn't that bad because it still had its effect on you. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's so important. And I think that was a big clarity point for me as well to actually take that in and really know and understand also moving forward from here, understand the moments when, you're, when my mind is trying to trick me and stop it in the moment and work around that. And then just be like, no, 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 stop. I know what you're trying to do here. And I am choosing differently. I am actively choosing to take this step. And then working with the mind strategies to actually make your mind feel more comfortable around it. Mm-hmm. So there's so much to it. It's such an exciting journey. <laughs> it really is. I love how you brought forward that awareness of avoidance, because many times we forget to do the inner work because we forget how deeply the wound went. And when it pops up in other ways, oh boy, <laughs> it really hits us so hard. And it's like, where did that come from? Lisa, if you had to sum up your biggest growth point from writing the book and from the understanding of the awareness of avoidance, what would mm-hmm. that be? My very, very biggest personal point for me is vulnerability Mm. um throughout my life I was faced with so many challenges where I always express it in a way that I'm saying I not only had to carry myself but I had to carry the people around me as well and because of that I had this have this learned behavior 
which I at this point have been working with now, which has been such an exciting growth process um, of actually functioning, of just being the strong one, of just always keeping going, not in terms of pushing feelings down, mm -hmm. but in terms of that's the learned mindset, that's the learned behavior, that you know you can always battle everything. And actually allowing myself to uncover that vulnerable layer inside of me is something that, that, that definitely this challenge brought to me and is something that made me such a richer person that I'm so grateful for now. And there's a section in the book where I'm saying, um, and I mean, the bold step that I took to actually get myself out of that detrimental uh, pandemic state was to change my environment mm -hmm. for, but I'm also saying that's, that's not the solution for everything. Mm -hmm. For me, changing my environment so, was working as a vehicle for me, mm -hmm. but you got to find your personal vehicle, basically. What, what's the thing that you can change, that you can actively change, that's going to make a difference to your inner state. And for me, that was moving to a different continent, moving to South Africa. And um, that then brought all these realizations to me where I could just feel this richer person. And there's a section where I'm saying in the book, I really admired myself before, but now I really started loving myself. And I really started loving that complex version of myself and that richer version of myself. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the biggest growth aspects that I took out of this time. That is so beautiful. When I say to you, I'd like to know your take on this phrase. When I say you step through the door of fear into self-love, do you feel that could sum up what you were saying there? Two parts, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's I think it's more complex than that. I mean, for me in my life, it has always been the biggest learning to feel fear and do it anyways. That's one thing. And to take pain and transform pain into passion mm -hmm. and translate that into projects. Mm -hmm. So I very early in my life started operating on that fuel, basically taking the pain that I was faced with and creating something out of it. So basically using it as my creative fuel to grow out of it, not just personally, but mm -hmm. also with a project outcome, basically. Beautiful. And that has been beautiful these past years. Obviously, the moment when pain was occurring was not beautiful. But what you took from it then and then looking back at a later point, and just knowing that you transformed that negative energy into something positive. Mm -hmm. That's a very big take for me. And I think the self-love and the vulnerability is something that was just for me personally, another layer that I needed to yet to uncover. I wouldn't necessarily say the self-love just, but more the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Because I've, I challenged myself before in my life quite a lot. So, and it did a lot of like, I did a lot of solo traveling and all these solo challenges. So over the years I have built up, or have built up quite the strong concept of love for myself already. But I think this vulnerability was my, my certain personal aspect that I'm very grateful for now. That is so beautiful. When you were talking there, I had a visual of when you were speaking about tall Lisa at school. <laughs> and I cannot tell you, my heart really went out to you at that point, because I know my children were victimized at school. And um, it was that vulnerability of sharing that in the beginning of your book really, really brings to mind 
how vulnerable we are and how we we choose very often to mask it to our mm -hmm. own detriment so i just wanted to thank you for sharing that um paragraph and the vulnerability of that and mothers out there you have to read that part it'll help you understand <laughs> very much what your children are experiencing you thank say? you for saying that <laughs> oh no it was beautiful i tell you, i just said that well i was in bed reading and i was sharing with lisa i was reading her book while my husband was sleeping so i couldn't take notes that i wished to take <laughs> so i've got highlights all over my the book um for me to go back to and bookmark so when i it's daylight and he's a he's not here i can get on with it the bottom <laughs> the bottom line though is lisa Lisa, what if you had to offer our audience one takeaway from your experiences of opening that door of the mind, opening the door of that room that you were by yourself in, what would that be? That's actually easy. Um, the biggest one would be allowing yourself to find your personal solution. And one chapter is even called um, even has that name it's called finding my individual solution because that's that's the worst feeling in the world when you're experiencing this negative spiral and when your mind has caught you in a negative state and you are then feeling that pressure from society and I keep talking about that how I was like starting to compare my own situation then trying to like uh, compare my responses to someone else's and just you're putting so many expectations on yourself that won't help you in any kind of way. It's also, I'm also talking about the concept of privilege because obviously downplaying pain and just this positive toxicity um, or toxic positivity that way around um, is just such a dangerous concept. Yes. Um, I, I keep saying it in a way that I use the sentence um, where I'm saying, uh, it is basically you downplaying your own pain and you comparing your pain to someone else's who has it worse off. It's not just magically going to make your pain disappear. It's still going to leave you feeling very bad. And in the end, though, you've downplayed it again. And then that prevents you from finding a solution for it. So I think that would be the biggest lesson and the biggest takeaway to give yourself the room to listen to yourself, to do your daily check-ins, to take a step back if you can't do something, if you feel it's too much. It's something I'm also talking about once I actually reached that flip point and I had moved away from Germany and I found myself in a more healing environment. Still though, at that point, I was experiencing effects where I could feel this is too much for me. And I could have pushed myself, I could have easily pushed myself, but luckily, due to my awareness states of like having trained my mind to be aware of these kind of things, I was then stopping myself in the moment. I was saying, no, don't put that pressure on yourself. Take this moment now. Cancel that meeting. Tell your friend you can't make it tonight. And actually then by that, allowing yourself to create the room that you personally need. Because no one out in the world is ever going to know yourself as well as you know yourself. So why would we ever place these external expectations on ourselves or listen? Like all of us, we always like our entire lives listen to so many voices that are outside of us. People oftentimes meaning well, but still not knowing us the way we know ourselves. And we take that in as commands instead of just shielding ourselves off, 
just allowing it what really serves us and then acting upon it. And I think that's one of the biggest, biggest takeaways. Wow, there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> we could spend <laughs> several hours on the podcast. Lisa, thank you so much. And people, there is the, the link to receive Lisa's book is in the show notes. And I see Lisa's given us a very special um, offer there as well. Make sure you take her up on the offer. You really, really will find incredible value and incredible self-healing as well as self-love within Lisa's book. Let us know how you experience it. You can find Lisa um, on various places on social media or come and post on mine. I would love to hear your takeaways. Lisa, again, thank you so much for your time. And we thank the internet for behaving. And people, <laughs> I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me.